This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I want to thank all of you that are watching online this evening. Glad you can be with us. Praise God. Hope you got a Bible there someplace. We're going to get into the Word of God. It's going to be great. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's give our youth a great big round of applause. They're on their way. Amen. Brothers, man, I tell you, got a family, not a feud, but a little something going on. You know how brothers can, well, never mind. doesn't matter. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to see all of you this evening. Glad you can be with us tonight. Praise God. You know, it's better than jail. You know that, don't you? How many of you ever been in jail? Any of you been in jail? You've been in jail? Have you? You've been in jail? One night. One. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your testimony. No. <laughs> well, uh, so you have to agree this is probably better than there. Wait a minute. Rachel, Rachel, you were in jail? 12 hours. Yeah, but, but you were in jail. Bad deal. Okay, we don't we don't need to hear about it. Thank God you're you're redeemed, aren't you? I am redeemed. Yeah, glory to God. Amen. Well, listen. Let's open our Bibles to the Book of Acts, chapter three. If you can find that opening in your Bibles, praise God. Well, that was interesting. We'll probably have to hear more about some of that. You know, Casey, Rachel. Oh, wow, women. Yeah, you know. Yeah, at least you're honest. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, true. That sure enough is true. Amen. Amen. Well, I probably should have, but never did. So thank God. But that guy died. Thank God Jesus came and gave me life. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. All right, Acts chapter 3. Let's go ahead and pray together and uh, we'll get into the Word. Father, we love you so much. Um, Words can't describe what you've done for us, the lives that we have in you, what it is that you've redeemed us from, what Jesus came and was willing to give as a ransom for every one of us so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So we rejoice in that, Father. But not only that, we thank you for the eternal promises that are in your word, the promise of Jesus' soon return. We thank you for the culmination of all things, and that, Father God, righteousness and justice will prevail. And so we just thank you for your blessing. Tonight, as we get into the word of God, Father, help uh, each and every one of us to use this in the equipping of our lives as, as those who have been called to go into this world and preach the gospel to every creature. Thank you, Father, for making each and every one of us bold and strong in the Lord and in the power of his might to be a witness to the world in which we live. And the testimony that you placed within us, Father, we just thank you, Father, for the life of God and the grace of God and the blessing of God we enjoy. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Notice here in Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. It says that now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour or about three o'clock in the afternoon. 
And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them or of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together into the, unto them uh, in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you now see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. I want to talk to you tonight and entitle this message, Such as I Have. Hallelujah. Peter said, I don't have any money, but I got something else. Such as I have, give I to thee. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So, you know, he had something. What, what is it that he had? He had the name. He had the name of Jesus, didn't he? That's what he had. He said, I don't have any money, but I have something else. And he made a declaration, and this man come up off of that ground. Can you imagine what it must have been like for him? The Bible tells us that he had been that way from his mother's womb. So all of these years, this miracle of healing occurred, and praise God, he was set free. So Peter had the name of Jesus. My question to you tonight is, what do you have? You got the name of Jesus. Boy, this is a, this is a people are really jumping in on this. Hallelujah. Yeah, you've got the name of Jesus. Now I'm going to get to preaching, and you're going to have to help me. I'm just, you know, I'm just telling you. Amen. That's what you have. But, but here's the thing. How did that come about? In other words, how is it that on that day when they went to that place to pray, that all of a sudden this, this power rose up on the inside of this man and he recognized that he didn't have any money, but he had something else? How did that happen? Well, let's back up. And let's go to John chapter 14. We'll probably be back here in Acts, but let's go to John chapter 14 and let's, let's, let's discover how this happened. 
You know, <clears throat> it's important for us to, to look into these things because it equips us as believers to do the work of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. You know, something in Peter's history with Jesus brought about this manifestation of healing in this crippled man's life. Let me say that again. Something in Peter's history with Jesus. Well, you all have a history with Jesus. You know, he met you at some point in your life, and you called on his name, and you were saved. And your life was changed from that time forward. And from that time forward, God has sought to have an intimate relationship with each and every one of us so that we can do the works of Jesus and fulfill divine uh, commission, if you want to call it that, before Jesus comes. And I don't know, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, we are standing on, we're not even standing on the threshold, man. There is a step. We're in the middle of a step before he comes again. So it becomes imperative for us as believers. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to be doing what he asked me to do when he shows up. So again, something in the history of Peter that he had with Jesus brought him to this place. And I think if we look here in chapter 14 of John's gospel, we'll be able to see that. Now, this whole story, you know, you're, you're familiar with it because the Bible, you know, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's, he's, he's basically telling them that he's going to be... Um, He's going to suffer at the hands of the Jews and the religious leaders and so on and so forth, and that he's going to rise again from the dead. Hallelujah. And he, you know, tried to tell him, he says, you know, you know where I'm going and you know the, the, the way. And, and Thomas, Thomas said, wait a minute, if we don't even know where you're going, how can we know the way? And you know that to be true. I mean, somebody could tell you, you know, whatever it is, but if you don't know where you're going, you can't possibly know the way. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So his whole point was, is I'm going to the Father. Hallelujah. And so are we. Aren't you glad for that tonight? There's coming our time, our day, glory to God, when we'll meet him in the air. Glory to God. So, you know, when you read these scriptures and you see what's going on here, uh, you know, Philip, then he said, well, just, you know, show us this Father thing and, you know, we'll be satisfied. Now, picking it up in the conversation that they had to one another. Notice in verse 9, Jesus said to Philip, and understand that Thomas and all the rest of them, they're there. Peter's there. And notice what he says in verse 9. Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Now listen to what he says in verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? This is going to be important. And that the Father is in me. An important question. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? That's the question. Then he goes on in verse 10 to say this. He said, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And then he appeals to them to say, in verse 11, believe me. 
again, that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very works sakes. So what he's saying is, is he says, I want you to believe my word that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you can't get your head and heart wrapped around that, at least believe me because of what it is you've witnessed under my ministry here on the earth for these last three and a half years. And then he went on to explain, verse 12, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, those are some amazing words. And you know, we can read it, you know, as we generally do and so on and so forth. But I think what we need to do is we need to stop and pause and think about what it is that the master, the Lord Jesus himself, is actually saying in these verses, glory to God, because it's an amazing declaration. An amazing declaration. He said, if you ask anything in my name, what did he say? I will do it. Woo! Hallelujah. So that makes it important for us to understand these scriptures. And not only that, you know, again, who was, who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to his disciples. Do we have any disciples here tonight? Now, I know you weren't there, but we're here. Hallelujah. And we are those that have been called by his name. So here's my question tonight. How is it then that, you know, um, many Christian people, I mean, God-fearing people, they, they love Jesus, no question about it. And they'll use the name of Jesus, you know, for different things that maybe that they're praying about only to experience no results. Now, I don't know about you, but that ain't right. Wouldn't you agree? that if we use the name of Jesus, there ought to be a result. Yep. Hallelujah. Because after all, we see it right here in Acts chapter 3, where he said, I don't have silver and gold, but I've got the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Hallelujah. He was Jesus' spokesperson, just as you are his spokesperson in this earth. And so the answer, you know, when you ask the question, what's, why is this? It's really kind of simple. And are you ready for this? Okay, get ready. Here it comes. Much of our praying is really done without any real Bible faith. Okay? But that's why we're here tonight, because we're going to get that changed. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. No, it's, you know, a lot of times what happens is more of a hope-so kind of prayer. We know that we need to pray in the name of Jesus, but you know as well as I do that if there isn't faith in what it is that we're praying, then, well, we're not going to get many results. Are you listening to me? Does Jesus want us to have results? Absolutely. You know, it's just like he's appealing to these disciples in that, in that moment. He said, believe me. Oh, believe me that I'm in the Father and that the Father's, if not, believe me for the work's sake. Hallelujah. And each and every one of us here tonight has witnessed the miracle working power of God in someone's life, if not our own. 
So we have witnessed God moving supernaturally to bring about transformational change in the lives of people, to set the captive free, to heal the broken body, to do whatever it is, you know, that you and I are uh, uh, witnesses to. So again, it's more of a hope so kind of praying rather than a faith-filled confidence. And I want you to have that tonight. Hallelujah. When you lay hands on your kids, praise God in the name of Jesus, that fever has to go. It cannot stay in the name of Jesus. I can't tell you how many times my wife and I would kneel by the side of the bed where our kids were concerned and we'd say, devil, you are not going to put this on our child in the name of Jesus. We stood against what hell had to bring to our home and said, no. And you know what, praise God, you got to have confidence to know that that is exactly the place that Jesus has given you. You know, it can't be such a pacifying kind of an approach, but I tell you, you got to get after it. And we stayed until the fever broke because it can't stay in the name of Jesus. You know, some of these things, you know, the devil will just kind of see how long you want to, you know, what you're willing to do. And when he knows that you ain't leaving till it gets done, he'll leave. Are you listening to me? And it's important for us to understand that. But again, you know, God wants us to pray with a faith-filled confidence, knowing that Jesus will do exactly what we ask him to in order that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know, glorify is God when you break the power of the devil over your kids or you or anybody else, and they go free. Amen? And so thank God it's just knowing our place in him and a few other things that we'll talk about tonight. So let's work on that tonight and uh, praise God so that we can experience the results that Peter did, huh? That glorify the son. Think about what happened in the context of that. I mean, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it was powerful. He got to minister to a whole bunch of people. But, but read again with me these verses. I want you to think about what's being said. These are words that have escaped the lips of Jesus, and they're being spoken to you. So notice again with me in verse 13 and 14 of John chapter 14. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, I think one of the reasons that we miss out on the blessing of God is become because if we don't see immediate results, we don't think that Jesus answered our prayer. And I'll show you as we go in the scriptures tonight and look at this that, you know, just because nothing happens, it doesn't change anything as far as Jesus is concerned. So Peter was one of the disciples that heard this statement from the lips of Jesus before his crucifixion. And then after the day of Pentecost and he got to preaching, hallelujah, some amazing things happen. Let's go back there again. Let's go back and look at it again because I want to uh, I want to bring out a couple of different things here uh, in the context of what took place there. Notice with me again, if you would, verse six. Again, Peter said to this man who was lame, 
I mean, he couldn't do anything. And notice it says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, such as I have, such as I have, such as I have, give I to thee. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he had the name. Everybody say, I have the name. Say it again. You have the name. You've been given the name of Jesus. We just read, Jesus said, if, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Hallelujah. That's awesome. So you have his name. He said, I don't have anything monetarily, but I do have something else. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, notice with me, if you drop down into verse 12, you know, there was a lot of things that happened. People were wondering. And when Je the Bible says when Peter saw all of this, man, he took the opportunity, baby. He started to preach. And notice what he says in verse 12. When Peter saw it, he answered and said to the people, you men of Israel, now listen, why, why do you marvel at this? Well, you know, come on. I mean, after all, a guy who's been, you know, crippled all his life and all of a sudden he's walking, everybody's going to marvel. Isn't that right? But notice what it says right here. Why marvel ye at this? Or why, now listen to this. Why look ye so earnestly upon us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? How many of you know it's not us? It's not us, not you. It's him. And you've been given his name to carry out the works of Jesus. So if he doesn't perform, it's not on you. You're just obeying God. Can you say amen? So guess what? The pressure's off. Huh? Because the, the fact of the matter is you couldn't heal a gnat's wing. You know, you can't do nothing, but you can be an instrument. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. And what's he asking of us? To believe that he's in the Father and that the Father's in me. Hallelujah. Now notice what it goes on then to say in verse 16. He goes and talks about the God of Abraham and so on and so forth. But in verse 16, he says, and his name, now listen, through faith in his name has made this man strong. Peter had faith in the name of Jesus, didn't he? You have faith in the name of Jesus. If you don't, you will. He said, again, through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith that is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. I want to read it from a couple other translations, that 16th verse. This is the New Living, and it's very good. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So if you got faith in the name, baby, praise God, you're in good company. And a lot of great things can happen. The New International Version says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as all of you can see. Woo! Glory to God! Can you say amen? So, you've been given the name. 
that same name to be used to glorify God. But in order for it to be activated within our lives, it has to be decreed with faith. Everybody say, I got faith. Yes, you do. So first of all, we have to know and have confidence that we've been given that name. You got to know that it, that name belongs to you. You are a representative of him. The Bible says that we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, be ye reconciled unto God. So we're the carriers of the life of God that is in us to the world that is around us. And we can administer this power and this grace to the people that we come in contact. We can pray for them. We can do things. You know, I mean, praise God. There's great things that can happen as a result of that. God wants us to be doing this. I said God wants us to be reaching the people that are around us with his love to make a difference in their life. Are you with me? Hallelujah. But I think sometimes, you know, we just don't feel qualified or, you know, we just are, you know, a little bit embarrassed or we're not real sure. I'm telling you what, God wants you to have confidence in these last days. I mean, hallelujah. We are the church of the living God. And so he wants us to step up and do and be the people that he has called us to be. And secondly, we need to know and realize the place that we have in Christ. Did you hear, remember what Jesus said? He said, believe me that I am where? In the Father, and that the Father is in me. Well, guess what? We're in Christ Jesus, and Christ Jesus is in us. Are you listening to me? If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I tell you what, there's all these scriptures in the Bible that describes our being in Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, that we've been translated from the authority of darkness and translated or delivered from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. And so glory to God, we can be the ones that do the works of Jesus. You say, well, I don't really want to do any works of Jesus. You know, I just want Jesus to kind of take care of me, you know, make sure my, you know, bills are getting paid, you know, I'm getting to do what I want to do. Well, that's pretty selfish, if I may just say. There's more to this life than you. But there is certainly life that he wants us to carry out in him to make a difference in the lives of the people that are around us. But Jesus himself admitted it was his own admission. I can't, you know, he said, I can't of my own self do nothing. But as I hear, I speak. Hallelujah. So he was just, you know, getting his marching orders from his heavenly father the same way that you and I do by the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of us. Glory to God. When he speaks, we can be those people that he's called us to be. Glory to God. So nothing that we do is done in our own strength or ability, but rather it's done in his. And we're only the instruments through which he does it. So like I said, all the pressure's off. He just asks you to pray. He asks you to ask in the name of Jesus and that he would do it. He would do it. Not we would do it. He would do it. And so we just go in his name. So why do we have such these hard times of getting these kinds of results that we're talking about? Turn with me again to Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. Y'all glad you came tonight? 
Let's look at this, Mark, the 11th chapter. I talked about this a couple weeks ago when we had a, um, when we prayed for the sick, but I want to uh, reiterate it again because such, it's so important for us, everyone, to, 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 to understand and know the reality of these things. Now, I know there might be a lot of things, you know, in the natural that seem to contradict what it is that I'm talking about, but I want you to listen to what it is that's being said to you and let your heart agree. Hallelujah. So that you can move past the circumstance or the feeling or the whatever it is that you're experiencing as far as seeing is concerned. Hallelujah. And let's believe the word. Notice here, you're again, you're familiar with this, but I, you know, I've, I've meditated on this for a long time. And I just asked myself the question, why was Jesus so hard on that fig tree? He knew that it wasn't the season for figs. All right. You know, but, but the Bible says that he, he, he went to look if perhaps he might find, but the time of fix wasn't yet. And so what does he do? I mean, instead of just saying, well, there ain't anything there, let's just keep on going. He, he, he said to the tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. He cursed it. Okay. It's not even the tree's fault. Okay, he's just doing what it is that he does. You know, <laughs> what's the dealia? Well, here's the thing that I'd like to suggest to you this morning. Uh, where is this this evening? I would like to suggest to you that what he did is he used it as a teachable moment for his disciples. Because you'll notice when you read in the scriptures, the Bible says he cursed him, said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. Okay. So I'm sure they thought, well, I don't know what that's all about, but here we go. You know, you never know what Jesus is going to do, you know, but they heard it. So they went in for a day of ministry into Jerusalem at the temple and things of that nature. And then, of course, <clears throat> they retired back in Bethany uh, for the night. The next day they got up and they're on their way. And the Bible says that Peter calling to remembrance, you know, he said, Master, he said, the tree that you cursed is withered away from the roots up, dead. And notice what he says in the 22nd verse of this 11th chapter. Notice what it says here. Jesus answering said unto him, or them, you know, he said, yep, you're right. Did you ever see a tree look like that before after somebody talked to it? Well, there you go. You got the first one on there. Now, that's not what he said at all. He said, have what? Faith in God. Have the God kind of faith or the faith of God. So he's using this as a teachable moment to tell his disciples that you can have the command of faith and that if you don't doubt, it will obey you. So he went on to say, have faith in God, for verily I say to you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, everybody say believe. Yeah, believe that those things which he saith, or she says, shall come to pass. I'm sorry, uh, let me, let me re-quote re that. Whosoever shall say, and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So the command of faith is given. He cursed that tree, nothing apparently changed, excepting it started dying. 
all right? And so what's important for you and I to understand when we talk about the nature of faith, when you give a command in the name of Jesus, all of heaven and everyone behind it is listening and will perform what it is that you say. But if you don't see results and you say, well, I guess I don't work, or I guess God didn't hear me, or I guess that wasn't the will of God, or you know whatever it is that you reason within your mind, then you negate what it is you just got unsaying. But Jesus gave this command to that tree, and it died, or at least started dying. So what am I trying to say to you? He says, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have, she shall have. So in other words, you're not looking at what's currently taking place in the circumstance. Are you listening to me? A lot of people, if they don't see an instant result, then they say, well, you know, I guess God doesn't want to do it. You with me? Well, nothing could be further from the truth. And I'll show you as we go on here. But again, it's so important for us to understand this aspect of faith in our lives. There's another translation that says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. Hallelujah. Another translation says, therefore, I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So, you know, knowing the function of faith in our lives is so, I mean, we're, you guys were so bound by the sense realm, you know, we, you know, well, nothing's changed. We can't see any difference. You know, nothing seems to have whatever this, that, and the other, you know, and, and that's not what faith is. I mentioned, you know, a couple weeks ago now, maybe about how that faith is like a sixth sense, you know, and I use the example of, you know, when it talked about you know, Jonah, I can't hear her perfume. Why? Because that sense of hearing does not pick up the smell. Are you with me? So the same thing's true when you start talking about faith. It's another, it's another sense. It, it, it functions within a different realm, okay? And, and that's what we have to understand, that it, it basically, it functions within the unseen realm. Hebrews chapter 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it gives substance to what we hope for, and it is the evidence of what? Things not seen. Things not, what is? Our faith is. I may not have it, but I believe that I receive it, and praise God, he said, I will have it. So I stay in a place of faith, believing in what it is that God said. You know, I use the example of the church, but I mean, when God spoke to us, dude, we didn't have two nickels to rub together and nobody to follow us. But you know what? He brought something to pass. I said, it shall come to pass. It shall be done. Hallelujah. So you just got to begin to believe what it is that God has promised and walk in the light of it. And I'll guarantee you that you'll see results. You can't have Thomas's kind of faith. Except I shall see the print of his nail, the print of the nails in his hand, and thrust my fist into his side. I'm not going to believe. Well, you know, uh, that's not Bible faith. But I tell you what, praise God, we can have the kind of faith that makes a difference in our lives. So you know, faith means that we are convinced that we have what we do not see. Thank you, Jesus. 
So the blessing of God, listen to this, the blessing of God, it exists in two forms. What you can see and what you can't see. Huh? It doesn't make it any less real just because you can't see it. Remember, you know, the, the servant there in Dothan, you know, that was Elijah's servant? He said, alas, my master, what are we going to do, man? We're surrounded. And he said, they that be with us are more than be with them. And so when he opened his eyes, when the prophet asked that the Lord would open his eyes, he seen the chariots of fire and he recognized that, yes, indeed, there was more. But see, you got to understand that just because God opened up his eyes, it did not create that army. The army was already there. It existed in another realm. And the same thing's true where our lives are concerned. We may not see it, but I'm telling you what, praise God, if he promised it, it exists in that realm for you to bring into this one. And so it's important for us to have the God kind of faith when these things happen. So my faith becomes, we referred to this before, as the title deed, all right? I just had a realtor call me. He says, I got a piece of ground for you, man, that you just, you're going to love, you're going to want, and all this and that and the other. Well, I've never seen it. We've never seen it. But it exists, huh? even though we haven't seen it. And you know, if I wanted to, which I won't, but if I wanted to, I could say, you know what? I want to buy that. I want to buy it right now. I'll, I'll wire you the money and all of the different things that are necessary and so on and so forth. You send me the deed. Well, sure enough, you know, if I wanted to do that, I could do that, and she would send me the deed. And I would have this deed, a piece of paper, you know, that's been stamped and approved and whatever, you know, and notarized and, you know, whatever's necessary. And that deed would exist, or I, I, it would be the proof, that's a better way of putting it, it would be the proof that I own a piece of property in wherever. Are you listening to me? Now, I've never seen it. But I got the proof, right? That's what your faith is. It's the proof, evidence of what you do not see. Hallelujah. And what you can do is you can open it up and say, okay, there's the address. And you can drive to wherever and then you see it. Huh? Then we have it. You know, and they give you the keys and huh? guess what? It's yours. Well, the same thing's true with faith. Glory to God. Can you say Amen. So it's important for us to understand the operation and the function of faith. But, but, but Bible faith is always present tense. You have to believe that you receive it and you will have it. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And that always helps. <laughs> Glory to God. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Let's turn to John's Gospel, chapter 11, and let's look at this. Hallelujah. I remember when Brother Hagin was talking about when he got healed, he was uh, lying on a deathbed at 15, well, actually 16 years of age. And he was having a conversation with Jesus. And he said, Jesus, if you were to physically walk in this room where I could see you and talk to you, and if you were to say to me that your problem, son, is that you don't have faith, I would have to say, Lord, respectfully, that is not true. You're a liar. I do have faith. Well, when he said that, the Spirit of God spoke to him, and he said, you do have faith as far as you know. So in other words, there was an element that he did not have in order to receive what it is that he needed, okay? 
And he said, and, and in that moment, the revelation of God came to him from Mark 11, 23 and 4 that we just got done reading. And he realized that he had to believe that he had already received what it is that God had promised, in this case, healing in order for him to have it. And all of a sudden he said, I see it, I see it, I see it. He said, I believe that I receive my healing. Now I'm sure that every thought on the planet came crowding in, rushing in, bombarding his mind like, you are a liar, you gotta be kidding me. Here you are, you can't move, you're paralyzed partially, if not all. And he said, you know, all of these different kinds of things, but see, it wasn't based upon the physical circumstances of his life, it was based upon what it is that he believed. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And so, you know, he's there and all of a sudden the Spirit of God speaks to him again and says, you believe that you're well. He said, I sure do. He says, well, then get up then because well people ought to be up at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, again, physically, you know, his, he didn't have his extremities from, from the waist down didn't work. He had some use of his arms. And so what he did is he acted what he believed and he grabbed a hold of the bedpost and he... <laughs> It's awesome. You know, it's awesome. You know, he acted on what it is that he believed. And he grabbed a hold of the bedpost. He's hanging from the bedpost. And his legs are, you know, hanging down on the ground, you know. His knees almost to the floor. And he said, I want to declare to God, the God in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, all the imps of hell and devil himself, that I am healed. I believe that I receive my healing. Woo! And then all of a sudden, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, suddenly like, like honey that, that started, he, he actually felt a manifestation of the power of God and it felt like honey that started dropping on his head and piling up and then it started to run down his body. And he's there, you know, hanging on to this bedpost, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden this stuff, he said the pain was unbelievable, but it was so wonderful he didn't care. And it ran down all through his body, and all of a sudden, before he knew it, he was standing there whole. Hallelujah. Healed by the power of God. Why? Because he believed that he received. But see, there was an element there. And sometimes, you know, man, don't cast away your confidence that has such a great recompense and reward. You just need to have patience and endurance, hallelujah, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. How many of you know God wants to get his promises into your life? Huh? Yes, he does. And so he was healed, and, and then, you know, it took, he told the story about it. It took him 45 minutes to talk his mother into the idea of putting his clothes out because he was going to come down for breakfast. Why? Because she'd seen him. She says, oh, now, son, come on now. He says, no, mom, get the stuff out, lay it out for me. I'll be, I'll be to breakfast. He'd been up for two days and hadn't told anybody. You know, he'd been cruising around in the bedroom, you know. And so sure enough, and, you know, he tells the story about his grandpa always got up at 730. He said, he said, he said when you heard the creak of, of the swing on the porch, the grandpa was getting up to go have uh, breakfast. He said, if your clock didn't say 30 or uh, 7.30, it was wrong. Because grandpa always got up, and so they, he waited for everybody. And sure enough, you know, he got up. He'd been sitting there in dress, ready to go. Nobody knew anything about it. And then he walked out there. And when he walked out there, everybody's sitting around the table, and grandpa says, 
wow, has the dead been raised? Has, has Lazarus been raised up? And he said, I sure have. He says, well, sit on down, let's eat, you know? And he asked him to ask the blessing and they ate. Praise God. But he was healed. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Glory to God. He received what it is that he needed in his life, just like you can. Hallelujah. So we can rejoice in that. Where did I tell you to go? Okay. Let's look at this. Look and notice this with me, if you would, please. Hallelujah. Now, there was a certain man sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the, Lord's, uh, uh, the Lord with ointment and wiped uh, his feet with her hair, whose, Laz- whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now notice this verse. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, before the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. So he makes this declaration, okay? And he stays where they're at for another two days, okay? In other words, it, didn't, it wasn't something that, that drove him to, you better get back there before you know he dies so you can do something about it. That wasn't the issue at all. He said the sickness is not unto death before the glory of God. So he continued ministering, and then, you know, of course, as we go on in the story that we won't have time, we won't take the time to look at, Lazarus died. As a matter of fact, by the time Jesus got back there, he'd been dead for four days, okay? Now, that might be a little bit of a deterrent. I said it might be a little bit of a deterrent. When he said, you know, we're going we're gonna to go raise Lazarus up from sleep, you know, the disciples said, whoa, 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 time out. The last time we were there, they were ready to take all of our lives. I don't think that's a good idea, Jesus. You know, if he's sleeping, he'll be all right. He'll wake up. And finally, he just said, Lazarus is dead. But we're going to go back and we're going to raise him up. Amen. So, so you've, got, uh, you've got this company of, of disciples around you saying, I don't think we ought to go back there. But yet, right on the other hand, Jesus, he said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If you walk in the light, there's nothing to fear. How many of you know tonight you don't have anything to fear? Thank God you can walk in the light of his word and he'll protect you. He'll keep you. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, when you think about the world in which we're living in and all the weirdness that's going on, you don't have to ever be afraid because praise God, he's always with you. So he had to talk the disciples into the notion of going back where they were, which he did. In other words, he basically said, I'm going. I don't know whether you're going to follow me or not. Well, as a matter of fact, what was it, Thomas? You know, he had this fatalistic attitude and said, well, you know, if he's going to die, we might as well die with him. Well, dude, those are not the folk you want around you. Are you with me? You read it for yourself. But anyway, so he goes back and, you know, the rest of the story there. But let's pick it up uh, in verse 33 for the sake of time. What a fatalistic attitude. Anyway, uh, uh, let's start with verse uh, 32. So when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if, if you'd been there, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and he also saw the Jews weeping, which came with her, he groaned within his, in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? 
And he said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, Behold how he loved him. Well, some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? And Jesus, therefore, again groaning within himself, came, came to the grave. Now, there's some that have said the reason that he was groaning is because of all the unbelief that was around him. Now, I don't know that. The Bible doesn't say that, you know, but there were things that he was having to deal with in the context of what, you know, and, and you know as well as I do that if you're not surrounded with people that have faith, you're, you're, you're not in the right company, you know. All, all, all over in the New Testament, we see where Jesus, when people didn't believe God, he, he got rid of them. He said, you stay here, we're going to go do it. And, and so the manifestation of God's power was there, and the people that didn't believe seen nothing. Okay, so if you want to get in the game, you better be a believer because only Pete, James, and John got to go. Are you with me? Now, notice what it goes on then to say here. Let's see, um, got to pick this up again. Where was I? Uh, verse 30, um, let's start with verse 38, eight, 38. Jesus, therefore, again groaned in himself, uh, come, uh, came to the grave, and it was a cave, and the stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks, he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say unto you that if you would believe that you would see the glory of God? And then they took away the stone from the place where, where the dead was laid. And now listen. Listen to this. Listen to the prayer. He said, Jesus, he, uh, Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you, what? Have heard me. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That was four days ago. So my point to saying that to you is, is that whosoever says and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things that he says shall come to pass, he's going to have whatever he says. Jesus said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And so some days later, when he was in this moment, he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. When did he hear him? Back then, huh? Isn't that right? So that's why I don't want you to cast away your confidence when you're praying in the name of Jesus or to lose heart or faint or to give up. Glory to God. So notice what it then goes on to say here. We'll finish this up here. Wow, it's already 8 o'clock. Okay, notice what it says here. In verse 40, again, he said, Said I not unto thee that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew, and I knew, and I knew that thou hearest, that you hear me always. Woo, glory to God. But because of the people which stand, I said this, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Hallelujah. That was a chance to shout and you missed it. Okay. But think about that. 
Dude, the cat walked out of the grave. I mean, that's something to get excited about, wouldn't you say? I mean, think about what the disciples, Mary and Martha, I mean, they all had to be astonished. But the point is, is that here's an example, something that's modeled before you and I here tonight to say that, praise God, when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he what? He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we what? We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Glory to God, I have preached myself happy. Glory to God. This is so good. Glory to God. Come on now, hallelujah. So these are the things, you know, I mean, Jesus, he had absolute confidence in his Father. He said, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. Well, listen, Jesus is in you and you are in him. So we can have the same confidence, glory to God. Yeah, come on. I mean, when he said that he'd meet your needs, guess what, he will. I said he will. Now, there may be things that he's telling you you need to do. I mean, I understand that. It doesn't just come, you know, out of nowhere. God will speak to your heart and say, hey, hey, hey. Get after this, do that, change this, don't do that anymore, you know, whatever. And he'll minister to you and he'll he'll lead you. He said that by the stripes of Jesus, his stripes, you were healed. He said that you never have to worry again. Think about that. That'll give you something to work on. Come on. You know, we got all these personal needs in our lives or we got needs, you know, of family members, you know, that we're concerned about. He said, cast all your care onto me. I care for you. Never be anxious about anything. Glory to God. I mean, you talk about liberating. And the truth of the matter is, is all your worrying ain't going to do no good anyway. That's not really good English, but you know what I'm saying. Your worrying doesn't do anything. All it does is create consternation, sleepless nights, days, whatever. You know, it just, you miss out. So sometimes, you know, you just have to resist the temptation to worry. You know? That makes the devil mad. <laughs> you know? You, you just have to resist it. You say, well, I can, you know, people, a lot of times you talk about these things, you know, casting your care. Well, you know, you, just, you don't have to worry. Well, I just can't help it. Well, you can, you just don't know it, you know? People say, well, you know, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty uh, insensitive. Well, no, it's kind of biblical, you know, because again, you know, worrying isn't going to do anything. Jesus asked us the question, he said, which of you by taking thought or worrying about anything can add anything to his stature? He's just saying it's an exercise in futility. You know, you say, well, yeah, but you just can't be so bold, you know, so, so, so cold and so brazen or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. It isn't that you don't care, but yet right on the other hand, praise God, unless God does something or they do some changing or whatever, it's not going to change anyway. So here we are pining our life away, you know, because of these cares and worries, and it, it won't do any good. So when it comes, we have to resist it. And we just have to say, Jesus, you said for me to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and all these other things will get added to me. I trust you. I believe you. And it's eight o'clock and we got to quit.
Hallelujah. So I hope tonight that this is, you know, infused you with some stuff, praise God, that'll bless you. Glory to God. You know, you're not alone. I said, you're not alone. Hallelujah. You know, there, there, I mean, when it comes to this whole thing about people, you know, they say it's hopeless. There's nothing hopeless about God. Huh? You are not without hope. And God can do amazing things in our lives if we'll trust him. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just, just close your eyes and lift one hand up toward heaven tonight with me. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight for your precious word. The promises that you've made to us as the children of God. Hallelujah. Oh, how we rejoice, Father, in your blessing. We thank you for your goodness and kindness. We thank you for all that you have provided for us in Christ Jesus, that we're in him and he's in us. And so, Father God, as we come this evening, Father, we, we, we trust you tonight. We thank you, Father, that we have your name. Not only that, Father God, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes, we have your strength. We have everything that we need. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So, Father God, for those that may be filled with worry or care or anxiety, Father God, if frustration has somehow gotten a hold of them or discouragement, hallelujah, as an act of our will, we choose right now to say, Lord, this is not mine, this is yours. And I give it to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, praise God, that I stand free because of what it is you provided for me. Hallelujah. Thank you for your blessing in this house, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for people of faith, people that believe, people that trust, people that know, glory to God, that there is a great God in heaven whom we serve, and he is well able, hallelujah, to take care of everything that we have need of. So we just rejoice in you, Father. We thank you for your living word. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you for your power, hallelujah. And we just rejoice in your blessing here tonight, Father, in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Everybody say it together. I have his power. Say, I have his name. Say, I can do what he said I can do. Hallelujah. Everybody say, he's in me and I'm in him. He's in me and I am in him. You may be seated. God bless you.